welcome. We're back. How's that? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we just had three weeks off, and I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was a really good time for me. Um, yeah, how about that? Uh, it, was, it was a good time, and, and this is our first time back, so we're glad that you are here. Tonight is going to be a really weird kind of night, but a really good night. Um, during our three breaks, we took three breaks off, or three weeks off, and during that time, what we were doing is we were saying, God, what do you have for us? Like, what direction do you have for us? This church, Project Salt, is, um, well, it's, it's about a year, a year old. Because a year ago, we started having preview services, and we did one a month for three months, and then in January, we started meeting meeting every week, and uh, so it's, it's, a, it's about a year old, and this, this uh, three weeks that we just took off, this is our time to look back and to celebrate what God ha- was, uh, has done with Project Salt, and as I took that week, I don't know about you, but when I took that week, I really made uh, my prayers, I tried to focus my prayers, because I'm always thinking about the future, I always, I, so I tried to f- make my prayers and focus them on celebrating and thanking God for what He's done in my life and and all the cool stuff in my life and so being able to do that personally was was really neat that week and then the second week uh, we prayed for uh, Project Salt at large and our body and what he's been doing for us and then the third week we prayed for Greeley Uh, so that was a really sweet time to just get a heart uh, for what God is doing here in Greeley and why he has us here like specifically why are we in Greeley and then in true fashion uh, we set up our camping trip and the fires kind of brought a fire ban for us and Maggie was all bummed because we couldn't make a fire so we canceled our fire, or our trip, our camping trip and then they lifted the fire ban and we could have went camping after all. But that's alright because last night we had crepes and croquet at, at our house and I didn't spell it right so it was craps and crockett but that's why I should never spell anything. And then Jeremy's dog was there in our yard while we were playing croquet, and it took a dump. So we, it was actually, never mind. So <laughs> this has been a good break. Um, we've been going through First Peter the last, I don't know, eight weeks or so, uh, at, you know, just going through verse by verse. Tonight's going to be a little different. We're not going to be hitting First Peter. I want to jump to Acts chapter 5, and um, we're going to go to verse 17 is where we're going to start. And, and I want to kind of bring this to light to us a little bit because it's such a rich couple, couple verses put together. We'll go through three or four verses here. It's such a rich text. Uh, and this was a text that even two weeks ago when I was down in Houston, uh, I was at our, our partner church and, and speaking there. I love what, what God is, is doing there. And this is the text that I spoke on because I don't know, if, if, I'm, if I'm given the, the Bible, and I'm, it's like an open forum, I can pick anywhere to go in the Bible, I usually go to Acts because I just think it's so cool and, and these verses jumped out at me. So I want to tonight, just so you know kind of where we're going, I want us to, to kind of look through these verses. I want to pick apart some things and hopefully let them come alive in you a little bit and maybe spur your interest enough that tonight you'll read more of Acts and tomorrow you'll start memorizing it and whatever. But my job is hopefully to, to let these, these verses come alive in you. So I want to pray for our night uh, and, and then we'll move on. God, thank you for bringing us here and thank you for this body. Thank you for this church. God, you love your church. And that's us. Thank you for that. We give you tonight. Pray that your Holy Spirit is thick in here. That we can learn who you are, God. And, and we can smile knowing that you just, you're just you madly in love with us. So thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, Acts chapter 5, verse 17 is, is where we're going to start. And we're going to read uh, all the way to verse 20. I'm going to read through them first. Then we'll go back through and kind of pick them apart. And so here it is in verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. Verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Then I want to jump down to verse 29. 
Verse 29 says this, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than men. And we'll hit on that in a little bit. Let's go to verse 17. In verse 17, let's read it again, and it says this, Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with, what does your, your Bible say? Jealousy. They were filled with jealousy. And I, what typically happens with me, when I begin to write a message or study the Bible or something, I'll start in a, in a verse or something and I'll read it and something will pique my interest. And as I was reading verse 17, this word jealousy just piqued my interest. Have you ever been jealous? I, well, I have. So maybe I'm just selfish and insecure. So this word jumped out at me. And what I do is I take this word because it just jumped out at me and I start to cross-reference it. That's a fancy biblical... That's a way to study the Bible. And then I go to the concordance and I start just researching jealousy and going about this word and seeing what the Bible says about it and, and all this stuff. And as I was doing this, I came to Romans 13, verse 13 and 14. And this is, look what, look what company jealousy is in here, okay? This word, look what company this word is with. In Romans 13, 13 to 14, it says, Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Whoa. Jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. This word is so easy to read in, in the context of Acts 5.17 and just kind of skip over this word jealousy. And that we could focus on so much, but because I'm talking, I want to focus on the word jealousy. And this word is so thick. What does jealousy lead to? Jealousy leads to, um, you know, a, a, a guy looking at a family and seeing that this family is, is, is perfect and he wants that family. And that, that, that jealousy there could even lead to an affair. We look at houses that we don't have that are in neighborhoods that are way too big for us and we're jealous for that, which leads to what? Debt. Jealousy could lead to debt. We look at what we don't have and we don't like our version of this iPhone and so we get jealous that Carl has the new version of the iPhone and so what do we do? We go buy that new version of the iPhone when ours was perfectly good. Jealousy leads to that. Jealousy leads to us looking at the success of other people, other businesses, other churches, other families, other whatever it may be. We look at that and, 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 and we get just not content with what God's given us. Jealousy can lead to that. We look at the talents. This is a big one for me. I don't know about you. We look at the talents of other people and we say, they're talented. They're good looking. They have that. How come I don't? I get jealous of that instead of celebrating what God's gifted them with. But look in verse 17 what happens. It says this, then the high priests the high priests and all his associates. The high priests, they're at the top of their game. I mean, on the ladder of climbing, they're at the top. And what do these people at the top of their game do? They get jealous of ordinary men. Wow. Jealousy can bring down anybody. In leadership, just leadership alone, some of the worst calls you can make as a leader comes out of a lack of self-confidence. Comes from jealousy. Some of the stupidest decisions that we can make in life become uh, come about because we are jealous or we are not confident in who God's created us to be because we are logically not there anymore. Look what happened to the high priest and all his associates. They were filled with jealousy. As Christians, we are children of a king. We are to find our confidence in Him and Him alone. And not be caught up in the jealousy of this world. Not look around and, and be in discontent. But look around and, and be confident in who God has created us to be. Normal men, normal men here, given power by Jesus Christ, filled with the high priest and all associates with jealousy. Normal men. Because I believe this. 
the high priest and all the associates looked at these men and saw something in them that they did not have. And it was a beautiful thing. And they were scared by that. They were filled with jealousy. Reminds me of Psalms 37.4. Some of you may know it. It says this. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And you know what this verse has meant to me over time? You know, when I, when I first read this and, and, and as I was younger, I would read this verse and I would go, okay, you'll give me the desires of my heart. I want a Lamborghini. It's a desire in my heart. You know, I want to live. I want to be the richest man in the world, whatever. You know, maybe, maybe. I'm not going to discount that. But here's more probably how that's going to lay out and work out in your life. God will start taking your heart and molding it to be His heart. Your desires will form to be what His desires are. I saw a concert in, in, uh, in Houston. It's the coolest concert ever, Coldplay. Man, it was so awesome. I love Coldplay. And one of the lines in a Coldplay song is, when you get what you want, but not what you need. When you get what you want, but not what you need. The song, and the song goes on to just say how you're not going to be happy. As children of the God, our desires should form into the desires of our King. And I believe the highest, the, the, the priests and all the associates saw that these men were children of a, of, of a king and they were jealous. They were filled with that. Well, let's look. What happens? Their jealousy leads to action in verse 18. They're jealous, so what do they do? They arrest the apostles and put them in the public jail. Verse 19. But, we like those butts, right? Circle that butt. That butt is so awesome. God uses butts in big ways right here, especially in verse 19. But, during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. What happened? An angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and what brought them out? Is that a miracle? That's a miracle. Some of the commentaries that I was reading on this, some guys say that was an angel of the Lord, but that was God himself doing that. Like God himself visited that jail and brought them out. Believe whatever you want on that. Go down that road or whatever you want. Here's the fact. The fact is they were once in jail, but God, an angel of the Lord, visited them and brought them out. Can you relate to that? Like, can you relate to that? And I'm not talking about physical jails. Maybe. Maybe some of us have been in physical jail and we're not there anymore. But I'm talking about jail. I'm talking about some of us right now feel like we are in a prison. And sometimes in our life, we feel like we have been in prison. Write this down for tonight. No prison so dark and strong, God cannot visit and fetch us out. There is no prison so dark and so, str- and so um, strong that God cannot visit and fetch us out. What does that mean? It means this. Some of us feel like we're in a prison today. Our schedules are so tight. They're so full that we feel like that's a jail that we're in. Some of us, we, are, we, we have addictions in our life. And that's a jail that we're in. And we don't know how to get out of that. I mean, we've tried. We've tried our hardest to get over these addictions. And we fail over and over and over. There's nothing that we can do to get over this addiction. Can I tell you this? There is no jail. There is no prison so dark and strong. God cannot visit and fetch us out. He cares to do that. He cares to. Some of us, we have so much pain and sorrow and hurt that it's a prison. Some of us, we have self-worth that is about this big. This big. And we hurt continually. Some of us are fighting depression. There's people around us in Greeley all over the place that feel alone and they feel abandoned. And guess what, church? There is no prison so dark and so strong that God cannot visit and what? Fetch us out. What does that do to you? Is that exciting to you? That's why we're alive. God says, I love you. You've messed up? (laughs) Good. So is every other human in the whole world. But we look at God and we go, God, but you can't love me. I've done this and I've done this and this is so bad that I've done. You will never forgive me. And he's saying, child, I love you. Call upon me. Like, call upon me. Surrender your life to me. Just call on me. Because there is no prison I won't visit and fetch you out. 
a life on our own and on our own terms, it is going to be a dark prison that we will never escape. If we live life on our own terms, that prison we will be in for eternity. Welcome to the good news. As I think about these prisons and when I was studying this and thinking about it, some of these prisons that, that we feel like we are in right now, some of these prisons are, are self-built. We've built these. Our decisions have built these around us. These addictions, we can look back and we can go, I remember the time that I chose to blank and blank. And it's led to this and this and this. Some of these prisons, admittedly, I have built my own prisons. Scheduling, I do that all the time. I put myself in prisons of schedule all the time because I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm Superman or something. Some of us have built prisons that we're in and they're self-inflicted prisons. However, if you are in a prison right now that you were drug in by your hair, kicking and screaming, caused to you uh, by someone else, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that life has dealt you those cards. I'm sorry that you were pulled into that prison. You didn't want to be there, but someone put you in that prison. And I'm sorry. But i got to tell you this. There's no prison so deep and so strong that God cannot visit and fetch us out. Whether we built that prison or someone else threw us and locked us in that prison. God wants to rescue you. Psalms 139 verse 7 is a beautiful verse. Some of you maybe should get a tattoo of this. Uh, Some of you should write it on your mirror. Um, Some of us should memorize this, but it says this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where? Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become like night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. When our eyes is on a king, it's light. And it's beautiful. When our eyes are off a king, it is dark and it is ugly. And it's like a prison. So something to think about as we're sitting here right now. What prison are you in right now? God wants to rescue you from that. Hmm. Let's go to the next verse. This is us, church. This is us. Verse 20. Go, the angel said, right? What did he say? Go. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Where were the apostles? In prison. Who visited them? God. What did he do? Set them free. What charge did he give them? Go. And is it a go and run because you're now free and go to the forest and hide because people want to kill you? Is it that kind of go? No, it's not. It's you are free. And why are you free? You're free so you can go right back to the temple court and, and, and preach this good message, this good news. Will you get arrested again in the morning? Yes, probably so. Might you die in that temple court? Yes, probably so. Why did I set you free? Did I set you free so you could go hide in the mountains and build a campfire if there's not a fire ban? No, I did not do that. I set you free from prison so you could go. And where should you go? To the temple court. Why should you go to the temple court? Because that's where the people are at. That's where people are walking by. That's where people that are full of pain and have no hope are at. That's where the action is at. As I look around Greeley, I see people in pain. Do you? I see people that do not have hope. I see people that have not called on the name of the Lord. And they are walking around continually in prisons. And they don't know how to get out of these prisons. As a child of a king, we've been in a prison. God has visited us and he said, go. 
You're not in prison anymore. You are not a slave. You are free. But not only go, go to the temple court. And what are you going to do in that temple court? You are going to tell the people the full message of this new life. Where is this temple court? Well, it may actually be downtown Greeley. Where is this temple court? It may be in your classroom. Where is this temple court? It may be at your job, wherever that may be. Where is this temple court? It may be at McDonald's when you're ordering a number one and there's someone in front of you in, in intense pain. Where is this temple court? It's where you go. And it better be around people. And, it, and you better have so much joy and so much life that you can't help but tell people about this full message of this new life. Because we once were in jail and now we're not. Oh, how does that feel? Is it lovely? Is it beautiful? That's why we are in Greeley. And then I touched just a little bit on verse 29 because I want to tell you the rest of the story and then I'll tell you why. So the apostles are in jail. They're visited by an angel. The angel says, go. They listen. They go to the temple court and they begin to tell people of this new message, this new life of, 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 of life. They begin to tell that. The leaders wake up the next day. They don't find them in jail. They're like, uh-oh, this is not good. They find out they're teaching. And the leaders bring the apostles back and they say, shut up. Stop it. You're embarrassing us. This is insane. Stop it. In fact, they're so mad at this point. They say, stop teaching in this name. They can't even say the name of Jesus Christ. Stop it. Or else. In verse 29, here's, here's Peter's remark. He says, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. I know what it's like to uh, have a job and to want to make more money. And to know that if you give, give a little bit on, on your morals here, it may put you in a position to get that promotion, to make more money. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be standing there and be in a conversation with someone, and you know that as soon as you say, I'm a pastor, they're going to immediately judge you. <laughs> and they're immediately going to say, you're not my friend anymore. And I'm like, but man, I thought we were like tight, you know. I, I know what it's like to have that temptation around us every day to please man and not please God. I walk in it just like you do. Are you walking in this? Or, or, or are you walking around saying, regardless of what man says, the Bible and God guides me. And as long as my world is lining up with the Bible and God, I'm all good. It's all good. But as soon as it's not, I am speaking up and I am running for truth. And I'm running after God. You know how that plays out for me often? It's in my conversations that I'm talking with people about religion. You know, and, and it kind of gets to that point. Have you ever been in a conversation about religion? It kind of gets to that point where it's like, well, you know, you believe in Jesus Christ. That's good. But I, I believe in like a power that's like mystical and kind of encompassing of everyone and, you know, love and peace. And I mean, all that sounds, sounds really good. It sounds really beautiful. And when, once I subscribe to this universal love of just there's a guy that's just everywhere kind of all, all of a sudden I'm watering down the gospel. And all of a sudden, the name of Jesus Christ means nothing anymore. That's not what I read. That's not what I believe. That's not what my Bible teaches. See, we once were in jail. Why were we in jail? Because we deserve jail. We have done wrong. We are imperfect. We are separated from God. God visits us in jail. But we didn't have a choice. We're in jail. Where are we going? Not like we can earn this. God shows up and says, you're bound. You're bound. But guess what? No longer you are. Because I love you. He sets us free. And he says, go. Why? Don't go hide in the mountains. Go to the temple court and reproduce. Tell the people about me and my love for them. That's why we are in Greeley. Okay. That's the that's the the message for tonight. Um, but. 
there's, there's, there's other things I want to kind of steer into based off of this. We're a year old, and it's beautiful. We have this church called Project Salt. I put two of these cards on, on your um, chair or near you. So you can grab them. I mean, anyways. So, so you know, grab it. Look, look, at, look at one side of it. In the back, what does it say? We want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. God's brought us here to Greeley, and this is a cool little slogan that we've had from the beginning. We want to change the way people see Christ, Christians, and church. Well, if our job here in Greeley is to tell people the full message of this new life that God's given us, to go to the temple court, how do we live this out? Like, like, how do we live this out? And how do we live this out that we're reading here in the Scripture? How do we live this out? Well, that's what these last three weeks were about. A lot of praying, a lot of talking, um, a lot of looking back on this last year. And i got to tell you, well, as I was praying in Houston and all that stuff and coming up here, uh, I was like, okay, God, you got to do something cool here. And what I, my prayer was is that what Garrett was seeing, what Danny was seeing, what we were seeing as, as a body moving together, as, as what we were seeing, that it would be collectively in unison, if that makes sense. Separately, God would be speaking to Allie, the same thing that he's speaking to Carl. And so when we came together, again, it would be so clear what God was doing and asking of us. Well, can I tell you something? That's the case. I've sat and I've talked with most of you this last week, and i got to tell you, that's the case. God has painted this next year to be so clear that I cannot wait. And the first step in that is tonight you are making history uh, because Project Salt, this is the last night of Project Salt. We're going to change the name. It's going to be Church Project. So congratulations, everyone. You made it a year. You made history. I put two. I put two cards on here. One of them I want you to um, put in a place that you will revisit years from now. In your Bible, in your special little storage place. I don't know what you have, but hide this somewhere. Because there's going to be a time, 10 years from now, when you open up this thing, and you're going to see this little card, and you're, you're going to look at it, and you're going to smile. You're going to thank God for what He allowed you to be a part of. Beautiful. Don't lose that. So hide that one. A second one. This is, this is what I want you to put on your bathroom mirror. Your rear, don't put it on your car. It's pretty big. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it. You're going to see it often. And when you see this, you're going to pray. You're going to pray for the future of church project. You're going to pray that we will be so in line with God that hell itself cannot get us off track. That we will be a people that move together. That we will be a people that loves. That we will be a people that tells the good message of the gospel and the freedom in that. That's cool. So this is your prayer card, and this is your put away to cry over years from now card. Church Project is, is the name um, that, that we're going with. Part of that is, you know, as leadership, we've already been praying about a name change for the last four or five months. And, and kind of the concept is this. When we started, just being honest and just being real and vulnerable before you, I was kind of tired of church. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I was just kind of tired of church. So why would I put church in the name? doesn't make sense. Like, that's, that's bad. Bad association. I don't want to be part of that. So we kind of steered away from putting church in the name. Well, in the course of this year, as God has healed my heart, in the course of this year, as God has healed our leadership's heart, and hopefully your heart, I long, I long to redeem that name church. I really, really do. This is obscure. Project Salt's obscure. I mean, you could drive by and read it and go, man, that nightclub is sick. <laughs> I mean, you really could. It, well, it doesn't really say a whole lot. And so we've been praying, you know, even on our website, we put Project Salt Church. We kind of added that. We were too cheap to make signs that said church on them. But, but it's been kind of a thing that God's been asking us anyways, is put the word church in there. Be proud of what I'm asking you to do and do it with all your might. 
And so as we were praying and, and, and whatever church we wanted to put in there anyway. So um, let me tell you kind of a short little bigger picture of uh, church project and, and what that looks like. Um, some of you know Jason Shepard and, and, and Brooke came up and visited us last December and January. Uh, they're, they've been friends of mine, Jason, for years and years. He was a youth pastor uh, in the Woodlands, Texas when I was a youth pastor uh, years ago. And we've had a relationship that has grown over the years. He planted a church in the Woodlands, Texas called Church Project three years ago. And I remember the phone call he gave me when he was saying, hey, Aaron, I want to start a church. And I'm like, okay. And, and he goes, I want to name it church project and I thought that's weird that's weird but alright we'll go with it and then I, I, I remember the conversations and the prayers going into to my friend on how to start a church and organize it well you know what God's doing something really cool down there and the people that are there and this year we've already began to partner with them and just continue to walk together I believe this this is the bottom line we're stronger together than we are solo that's it I think this should be a picture of Christians at large. And, and David's been opening our eyes to that internationally and what that looks like. But the body of Christ is the body of Christ. Whether you are in Greeley or whether you are in Japan or whether you are in Houston or wherever you are. And we are better together than we are separate. And so there is great strength and there is great joy and there is great biblical truth in the uniting with the body that God's doing stuff and just moving together. And so I'm excited to partner with this church. We are going to visit down there. They are going to visit up here. Um, we're going to go on mission trips together. It's going to be absolutely crazy. We're separate. We're two different churches with our own leadership and our own finances or lack of finances or whatever that may be. We're separate, but we're together in unison and in spirit and we're praying for each other. And I want us church to continue when, when, when we're talking and praying about church project. We're actually talking and praying about the church at large, not just Houston, but the church at large. And so that's a beautiful thing. That's the that's the, the first big thing. So yay for church project. You made history. It's in the same in the same gathering. The last project salt and the first church project. Yeah, right on. But I don't have church project cards for you. Those will come soon. Um, the second thing I, I really want to I, I want to uh, just lay out here as we came back, you know, and, and talked with everyone just about what God was doing in our hearts. There there was something that was really really clear. And I want to lay down three words. These are the values of Church Project. It's going to get hard to say. If I slip up and say Project Salt, then slap me, okay? But Church Project. These are the values. And I, and I say values very clearly because we are a church that is going to be driven by our values, not by our vision. Okay? I want to say that again. We are a church that are going to be driven by our values, not our vision. Our vision is going to change a little and tweak a little as we go along. Maybe now we have a new vision that we're really going to focus on homeless people. And that's what God's asking us to do. Our vision should be one of those things that is, that's, that's, that's that thing that kind of moves around a little bit. And that's a cool, that's awesome because it, it keeps us going where God wants us to go. However, the things that will never change ever, regardless of the temperature of the economy, regardless of how we feel or not, are those values. We will not waver on our values. Our values are something that we will stick in the ground and say, until Jesus returns, these are our values. Whatever we do will be based off of this. So we're going to begin talking about this a whole lot. And here's, our, here, here's the three words. Biblical. First word. That kind of makes sense. A church being biblical. All right. Everything we do at Church Project Greeley will be biblical. Biblically based. From our teaching, from our um, you know, going out and, and, and having croquet and whatever that may be, crepes and croquet, to everything that we do. If it's not biblical, we don't do it. It seems like, like Christianity 101, right? But this is going to be our very first thing because this is what guides us. We will be biblical in everything that we do. The second thing, the second word is simple. Simple. Our lives are crazy enough. Would you not agree? Our lives, and especially in America, are busy all the time. We can run and gun and go and do, and do, to do, to do, to do. And oftentimes this, I've seen this, okay? Satan can come in and distract us. 
So all of a sudden, well, we've got so many programs who are focused on the bigger buildings and the bigger budgets and, and doing this and saving this nation and doing this and doing this. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. We will be a simple church. It's not complicated, the gospel. It's not complicated. We will be simple. Does that mean we will be tiny and small? And all? I don't know. We may be 10,000 people, but we can still be simple. We're going to focus and fight hard to stay simple in what we do because we don't want to burn out. We don't want to get so thin that we're good for nothing. We're going to keep this thing simple. It's not really hard. It's pretty easy. Were you lost without God? Hmm? Did He chase you down? Yeah. Did He rescue you from jail? Yeah. Did He set you free? Mm-hmm. Does He want you to tell other people, show other people that love? Yeah. Do it. It's pretty simple. And the last word is, is relevant. Biblical, simple, and relevant. You're going to see these words all over the place because these are our values that will never change. Relevant means this. It's speaking. Grillianese. Is that a word? Grillianese? Grillianese? Grillianese. I don't know. It means something to us. It means something to the people around us. Like, like it's relevant. Like for me to go to Haiti and for me to bring a concept of a California God to, to Haiti and speak that language, it's, oh, what's up, dude? Like surfing, man. They'll be like, what are you talking about? It's not even relevant whatsoever. And so the, the joy that we get to pray through continually is how are we relevant to the people of Greeley? Like we know how to speak the language of Greeley. Like we know it well. Because we live here and we're learning it and we're studying it like we really are. And, and, and the conflict is this. How do we speak the language of Greeley and the language of God and how do we mix them together? We will be relevant. And so biblical, simple, and relevant drive us. That's exciting. Um, okay, here's, here's a massive big change for everybody, and this was in unison. It's something that I was uh, secretly um, voting for, kind of, um, but as I met with everybody, it's, it's this. Um, we're going to be moving to Sunday mornings. We're going to be meeting at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. This is, uh, this is our last Saturday night gathering. This is our last uh, in this building gathering. We're going to be moving this to Sunday mornings next week. We're going to our house. <laughs> because what does moving to Sundays automatically do for us? It makes us ask the question, what are we going to meet? And a lot of us have voiced that God's doing something unique here. He's doing something really cool. He's asking us to, to form an identity in Him that's a little different than anything that any of us have been a part of. He's asking us to have a church. To have a church that we're in love with, that we call our church, that we would invite our co-workers to, our friends to, people at McDonald's to. He's, he's asking us and He's given us a very beautiful thing. And that excites me. So we're going to need a space. We'll meet at our house as long as we can. And we'll move from there to whatever God may show us. Here's the cool thing that we get to do. We get to begin to seek God in this process. We will not rush this process. We want God to open the doors for us as far as a building and a gathering spot. I don't think we'll be a singular house church forever. Maybe, if that's what God has, then great. I think, though, we're going to be moving into a building. Our prayers should be, and please would you unite, would you unite with me in these prayers, our prayers should be, God, where do you want us? And make it so stinking clear <laughs> that we didn't force our way into this thing, but you did it. And i got to tell you, already, I've been looking at properties already, okay? Already, there's some really cool God potential in some of the properties that I've been looking at. Like insane God potential. So 
would, would you pray with us just randomly when you think about it that God would guide us to where he wants us because obviously if we want to move to Sunday mornings and he's asking us to get into a location that's ours location is really going to kind of depend upon how we interact with the community think about it if he puts us downtown we got a whole lot of ministering opportunities we got a whole lot of activity going on down there Um, it's going to be a different language downtown than it would be as far northwest Greeley as we could get. Okay? And so I believe even when God is moving us into a location, a building or whatever, He's already ordaining and setting up what He's going to be asking of us in the future and what that's going to look like as church project. To me, that's exciting because we get to say, Hey God, where in Greeley do you want us? And what do you want us to focus on? I'm excited about that. That's that's going to be good. Um, and and here is basically what we do at Project Salt. We're going to er, Project Salt. No one slapped me at Church Project. Thank you, Danny, for slapping me. At Church Project. Church Project. Church Project. Say it ten times fast. No, don't. Okay. This is what we do. We'll meet on Sunday gatherings. We will have house churches. And we know that God has gifted you and talent and given you talents and He gives you passions as individuals and we want to partner with you in those ministries, whatever that may be, as we go through time. But right now what that looks like is we will have a Sunday gathering next Sunday, our house, air condition on, 10 o'clock. Who wants to mow my yard? I'm joking. Danny, thank you. And, and not yet because we're on break from house churches, but we will have house churches as well, uh, and, and multiple of them. Uh, that's our structure. It's pretty easy. As I look at what God's asking us of us this next season and moving forward, I cry about it. Um, I smile about it. I get a little nervous about it. I get incredibly excited about it. Um... We're going to the unknown. Like we're in the known, right? We're going to the unknown. And as a body and as individuals, we have got to cling to God with all our might and we've got to listen to what He's saying to us collectively. And we have got to be all in on this. I'm talking all in on this, especially if we're talking about a building. Now I'm specifically talking about finances. I mean, we need to be all in on this. I mean, the obvious is 10% is what God says. Give 10%. And not only that, I mean, give it joyfully. Give it with a glad heart. Worship God with your tithe and offering. Of course. Just as important and equally, I mean, right there with it, is our prayers, our, our, our emotions, our thoughts, our attitudes, our entire being. We need to be all in in what God is asking of us. As I took my trip down to Houston, I met with some friends that honestly, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't look like they did five years ago. They're not talking like they were even a year ago. Their eyes are darting back and forth. And they are distracted. And Satan is beginning to whisper lies in their ears. And they are fading away. I won't stand for that. Will not. I will not stand for marriages falling apart. I will not. I will not stand for people in Greeley not knowing the love of God. Will not. And in fact, that's why we're here. That's our sole purpose in life. That wherever we go, we are little vessels of love of God and we are injecting hope and life into dark places. And we're whispering to people and we're yelling to people. Those jails that you're in, God wants to visit and God wants to rescue you. That's why we're alive. Church, here's the the big call that I think God is asking for us. Wake up! Wake up! And let's run and do this thing. 
Let's be value-driven. Our values, biblical, simple, relevant. We will never give up on those. And we will yell and we will scream at the top of our lungs and we will do everything possible to change the way that people see Christ, Christians, and church. And we will be the church. We will see people rescued from prisons. How does it sound to you? Is this exciting to you? Absolutely. This is worth my life. I want to tell you just technically a little bit, just so you know, um, kind of how, how we're structured. We have a leadership team. We pray um, a lot. And we meet together, not as much as we should, but we're going to be meeting together more. And, and we're really praying about where God's asking us to go. And, and man, we're all in on this. This is what, this is what God's asking us to do. Um, financially, Aaron Havens and Lauren Havens, how, how I'm able to focus on what, what this right here, church project, is um, I... And our family have raised support from outside, from Houston and Oklahoma and whoever else. Darian and Edith Burns, same same deal. Jeremy and Brittany, same kind of deal. Like we are, all, we are all in church. We are all in. I don't know how much more all in we can be. Like we are all in and we're running. It's going to take all of us being all in. And I'm not just talking financially. That's great and of course and obvious. But what I'm talking about is us being all in. So we are so excited to be a part of this church. And we cannot help but invite people, bring people, drag people, kick people, get whatever we need to do to get them here, to get them to the house churches, to get this thing going. Because this is a message worth sharing. And I don't care if God brings us 10 or 10,000. We will do it so, so passionately. I want to make a reference, and this is to to wrap it all up, is um, we got the opportunity to go to this Coldplay concert. Oh my goodness. Coldplay, one of the biggest, one of the biggest bands, and I'll say of all time, they're they're working that way in their direction. Um, they are probably each multimillionaires easily. Okay, they 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 got it. Like they're they're doing good. They're good music. And this, they go to Houston. They sell out the Toyota Toyota Center, I think, t- two nights in a row. I mean, just thousands and thousands of people. My tickets were so incredibly high, like way up there. I'm like, is there a band? I can't tell. And my tickets were expensive. So I'm, I'm thinking, whoa, they made a gob of money. I mean, they're, they're all right. They're at the top of their game. And I watched Chris Martin, the lead singer, come out. And he came out on stage. and I mean, he was jumping around like crazy the first song. And I mean, just like exercise galore. This dude's got to be intensely like healthy. Uh, he does this song and then finally, he, you know, he sits down on the piano and he's sweating. I mean, just already. His shirt is already soaked. Like, it's just soaked. And he's done one song. And, and he goes, hey, Houston. <sighs> you know, because everybody likes their city to be named. Hey, Houston, um, we're Coldplay, and we want to make a promise for you. Uh, we will give you everything we got tonight. Like, we will lay it all on the line, and we ask you to give it all you got tonight because it's going to be a phenomenal night if we all give it all we got. And I'm looking at this guy, one song in, already sweating, a multimillionaire who could, who literally could come out and go, Hey, Houston, let's play. Everyone goes crazy, but no, he won't. Why won't they? Because they're passionate and they believe about this. Then I watch a band for the next two and a half hours do aerobics and backflips and somersaults and all this other stuff to the point where I'm not joking you. At the last song, when Chris Martin was going off the stage, it was like, let's please no one give an encore because he is dead. He might die. Like he might die right now. He he literally has given all he's got. Please somebody help him off. He may pass out. Did he have to? No. Does he have to? No. Why does he? Because he's passionate about what he believes in. And he's running after it. At the top of his game, he could relax and chill a little bit. But I promise you this. Chris Martin gave so much that night that he didn't have enough energy to go out that night and party and drink. He gave it all. I mean, he went back to his hotel and probably crashed. Or bus or whatever he does. Or jet plane or who knows. Church, let's give it our all. Let's give it our all. We've got nothing in reserve every single day because we're so madly in love with God that everything we do is for His name and His name's sake.
What do you say to that? I'm going to ask Jeremy to come up, and, and I, I really want us, church, to just think about this. I mean, think about personally what God has done in our lives, and that should bring you to tears. Like it, 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 I mean, it should. I should be locked up in a jail right now. I'm not. Not from any great thing that I've done, but because of God's grace in my life, I'm not in a jail. And every day He visits me because I put myself in these depressions and everything else, and every day He rescues me from these jails. That should bring tears to your eyes because He wants to do that for you. And if you've called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and surrendered your life to Him and said, God, I need you, He's rescuing you. If not, I don't know how you're going to live through this life. It's going to be difficult. I want this to be just an intensely sweet time between you and God. Um, We have our communion in the back. And what what you can do is is go back there and take a piece of that bread and, and just think of it as the body of Christ. And what he's done for us. He died on a cross, a brutal death for us to rescue us from jail. It doesn't make sense. He wasn't in jail. We were. But he died on a cross for us to rescue us. And so when you pick up that bread, think of it as the body of Christ. And there's grape juice back there. And and you can take it and and dip it in the grape juice. Not your whole finger, but just the bread in the grape juice. And and when you take that, that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And think about what he's done for us and the blood that he shed on our behalf. He did that for us to rescue us from this jail. And that communion is a very beautiful thing. Church, let's worship God. Tell Him how amazing He is. Sing out to Him. And then I, and then I want to ask you one more thing. I purposefully put response cards down on, on your chair. And maybe there's a prayer request that you want to put down. Or maybe you, you want to uh, look back on this last year and just, just write down a way that God intensely has surrounded you and encouraged you with this body that we used to call Project Salt and some cool things that happened because He's done a lot. And as, as we look forward, Church Project and what that is, write that down because that's encouraging stuff. And put that in the, in the offering baskets back there because those for me are going to be the things that 10 years from now I pull out and I just cry over knowing that this body has done some cool things in this first year and so that's there for you but here's the bottom line worship God, sing to Him make this a very beautiful special time um, between you and He so if you will stand I want to pray for us God thank you and really I think that's about all I can say is thank you and may we worship you tonight